Hello, hello, and welcome back to the All Good Juju podcast. I am your host, Brittany Basinski. I am really excited to talk about something that has been on my heart over the last week, but definitely my whole entire life. This is something that as an Enneagram 4, I care a lot about, and it is originality and authenticity and being true to yourself, especially in a very unoriginal world, a very mainstream society. And the word mainstream used to just drive me crazy. I've always tried to shy away from the mainstream, whatever everyone was listening to, whether it be Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber. I wanted no part of it. I wanted what people weren't listening to. I was interested in the garage bands or, you know, the underground bands that people just haven't heard of. And that's what lit me up was shying away from the mainstream, originality, um, doing things and living in a way that was just against the grain. And now that I know about like personality types and things like that, like the Enneagram test, I do have an entire podcast episode on it. If you're like totally lost, like what the heck is an Enneagram If you go through my podcast list, you can definitely listen to the podcast that I have all about the Enneagram with an Enneagram expert. Her name is Jackie Brewster. You can also find her on Instagram if you just don't know where to start. But I highly recommend that episode because it dives really deep into understanding like your core personality. So knowing that I am an Enneagram 4, I know that being original And feeling like the black sheep is what is true to me. I've always felt like the black sheep in my family. Um, I mean, even last night, I was looking on Facebook and laughing to my husband because all of a sudden, my sister and her husband and my parents, they all have Harley Davidsons. And they are kind of like a little biker gang. And I laughed because... I would never in a million years do that. Like, that's just not, I'm not saying I'm above it. I'm just saying that's not my personality. And like, I'm terrified of roller coasters. I don't even think I would ever get on the back of a motorcycle. It's just, I'm terrified. Um, You know, like my older sister is just a thrill seeker. And so is my dad. They like deer hunting and all of these things. And I just, I never could do it. I just... It was too much for me. I was too sensitive. I was like, okay, I can go like morel mushroom hunting with you, dad. Like we could like, you know, go foraging in the woods, but um, not going to shoot gun, terrified of guns. So it's just interesting. So I've always felt like the black sheep in my family. And even last night I was reminded like, wow, I am just cut from an entirely different cloth and that's okay. First and foremost, it's so okay to be different, to be you know, the black sheep, um, to feel like the outsider or to do things differently or purposely seek out like a unique way of living. And I was inspired to share this because this past week, a friend of mine launched her 90 day guided journal. And she had mentioned in her journal 
and, you know, like gave me a shout out that she was inspired by my book, All Good Juju, Waking Up to Spirituality, Wellness, and Freedom, and by my daily vibe energy journal to create her own and utilize some practices from my journal and other book to craft her very own thing. And I think because I come from such a place of like abundance and we all can win and collaboration that I thought it was awesome and I still do. And I have noticed this theme in my life where I think a lot of people are afraid to do something similar to what someone else is doing because they are afraid that they'll be, quote, copying or unoriginal or have other certain fears. And what I loved was that, you know, my friend came to me and was like, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, all for it. I'm like, dude, you have to do this. It's great. And while on paper, they might seem like similar journals or similar products, right? It's totally different. And here's why. The energy of something that a person makes is super different than what another person makes. Um, So for instance, while it's a wellness journal that is guided and follows a philosophy around um, accountability, both of our journals focus on accountability, but they're different in their practice and they're different in their energy. I'm a totally different person with a totally different story. And so is she. She has crafted her very own journal from her basic principles in her life in her energy. And I crafted my journal with my experiences in my life, the things that have changed my life to my community and it's packaged differently. So I want to talk about this because I think it's important. And I think that this was a really brave thing to do. Um, and I wish more people did it. I wish more people weren't afraid. I mean, apparently she's had this journal for a really long time. Maybe even before my journal existed. Who knows? But the fact is that if something is on your heart... You got to go for it and you can't worry about, you know, are there other people out there doing something similar? It's called imposter syndrome. Also have an entire podcast episode on that because that's something I've dealt with. It's like, well, who am I to make this journal? Who am I to do this? You know, Um, and like, why do I think my journal is going to be good enough for people to actually spend their hard earned money on it? So that was a whole thing I dealt with, but I realized that my community is curious and interested in how I've changed my life and the practices that are in my life. So I was following the cues for my community and that's what they wanted. And so I made it. And I encourage anybody to do that. Like, yes, of course. I went on Google and I looked up journals and I was actually inspired by the Start Today journal by Rachel Hollis um, back when I was a big fan of her work and her as a person. Um, I have her Start Today journal, and I've had it for about two years, and I just can't get through it. There was so many elements missing when I was doing her journal that I realized 
I was utilizing her journal and like on a piece of scratch paper, kind of doing my own thing where I'd like doodle and do all these things. And if you have the daily vibe journal, you know, like it's, it's totally different than like any guided journal out there. Um, and I just, I felt inspired by her work to create something totally different, but on paper, right? It's a guided journal. And I could have talked myself out of it. I could have been like, who do I think I am, right? Like putting out my very own guided journal. Do I think I'm Rachel Hollis? Do I think I'm Gabby Bernstein? Like who do I really think I am? And I want to give someone else advice today. And this is the advice I give to a lot of people. If you have like what you think is an unoriginal idea, I want to ask you this question. The last time you went out to ice cream or went to the grocery store, how about the last time you went to the grocery store and you were down the ice cream aisle? And if you haven't been there recently, this is, this is your homework assignment. Go to the grocery store and I want you to find vanilla ice cream. Just straight up plain old vanilla ice cream. I want you to then count how many different flavors, brands, and styles of just vanilla ice cream that you find at the grocery store. Because a quick Google search will tell you there are over 150 different flavors of vanilla ice cream. I'm talking French vanilla, vanilla bean, there's gelato, there's like slow churn, there's all kinds of vanilla ice cream, right? So think about that. There wasn't one person who wanted to make... Um, you know, a vanilla bean gelato, but didn't because they're like, oh, well, guys, <laughs> there's already vanilla ice cream everywhere. Everybody's got French vanilla ice cream, right? Why should I create, you know, um, a vanilla bean gelato? Because it tastes totally different. If you've ever had vanilla ice cream, you know the vanilla bean with the little flecks of like Madagascar vanilla has a way different, like almost like an earthy kind of oaky taste than just like a buttery French vanilla ice cream. They're two total, like it's the same ice cream, but it's totally different, right? And that's how I look at ideas. I used to be so terrified of people copying me that it actually started to happen to me all the time. I would like wear something and then I'd notice like, someone else would start wearing that or I'd like use a certain slogan and then everyone else started saying it. And then when I started blogging, and I actually feel really bad about this still, um, I started, I started my, my blog, like gosh, I don't even know, 10-ish years ago, more than that. Um, I was a sophomore year, or I was in, I was a sophomore, it was sophomore year of college it's when I like began my health journey, my blogging journey on Tumblr. <laughs> I started out as health, wealth, and happiness. And then I went over to Fit Britness. And then I came full circle to just, you know what? I'm Brittany Basinski and this is my story, okay? Um, but I started on Tumblr all those years ago. I started sharing what I was eating, much like the information I'm sharing now, minus the motherhood and and all of the other things that I share, it was kind of a watered-down version of here's my health story. 
and here are the, you know, the meals that I'm eating and the recipes. And I love that it was a great outlet for me. And I still obviously love sharing in that capacity. Um, but there was a girl who was in my class. We had very, we have like similar classes at Western and she was so inspired by my blog that she wanted to create her own health blog. And I think it was like a very similar name to the name that I had picked and on Tumblr and a lot of the things felt very like copy and pasted and um, very much like my blog. And instantly I shuddered inside. I'm like, oh, someone's copying my idea. And I got angry. And I sent her a message instead of like congratulating her and telling her like, hey, this is awesome for you. And there is plenty of room for us both to win. You know, like I had such a scarcity mindset that I was afraid that if this person has a blog, what if they're better than me? And these are all probably some subconscious thoughts that I had in the back of my brain. Like if someone else creates a blog on health and wellness, what if she does better than me? What if it, you know, performs better than mine? Or, you know, I'm being copied. What if now I'm not original anymore? And these were fears that I used to have. And I remember coming back to her when she was so excited and I should have been flattered. I should have been honored. I should have, you know, if I could go back and slap that version of myself, um, you know, that wounded version of myself, I would have told her like, Brittany, this person looks up to you. You know, she was a younger classmate. I was the president of public relations organization. She had already told me a million times that she looked up to me and I blew it. I was not a leader in that moment. I, I blew it. And if she's listening, I'm really sorry um, that, I, that I blew it. I still feel guilty. I know she follows my Instagram and we have like nice um, messages every now and then, but I still like that, that guilt like really eats me up. Now I'm probably going to send her a message and let her know because this has been like really on my mind um, because I'm not that wounded person anymore and I should have welcomed her effort to wanting to live the lifestyle that I had inspired her to live instead of shutting it down and saying, can you, I don't even remember what I said. I think I said like maybe something like that's great, but that's very similar to everything that I've been doing or whatever. And the reason I responded that way, this is kind of where the wounds come, uh, come full circle is I had actually started my blog because I was inspired by another blog. I mean, I think everything is unoriginal to a fault, right? Like, you know, if you look at a recipe, if you go on Pinterest and you look at recipes, those aren't the original. Like the person who is making, you know, a variation of chocolate chip cookie, they are not the the actual inventor of chocolate chip cookies, the recipe, right? Like they have tweaked and modified and have been inspired by perhaps other gluten-free vegan chocolate chip cookie recipes. I can tell you as a cookbook author, a lot of our recipes were at some point inspired by something else we'd eaten that was probably not our recipe at some point. Like that's just how it works. No one has the original. I mean, I can't say no, but most people don't have that original recipe. They were once inspired by something else. And it just, it makes me think of, um, my favorite author, Chuck Palahniuk, has this quote. 
and I'm trying to remember um, what it is. It's about originality, and I'm, like, Googling it right now. Um, I think it's, like, we are all... Why can't I think of it? It's it's basically, like, we are all just a sum of each, each other's parts. You know, like, we are... None of us are original. Hang on. I have to find this because it is... It is, like, so profound and so um, just right. Okay, here it is. I found it. I don't know why I was having a brain fart, but here's what he says. Nothing of me is original. I am the combined effort of everyone I've ever known. And the tags underneath that like quote on Goodreads is identity and originality. And think about that. Nothing of me is original. I am a combined effort of everyone I've ever known. And Going back to when I started my blog, I was a combined effort of every other health blogger that I had seen. And back in those days, there just weren't many. And there was this blog, I won't put it on blast, but I was inspired by her journey because I, at the same time too, was like living healthy. And it was through her page that I found this like exercise workout called Barry's Boot Camp that I was like doing in my dorm room with my boyfriend. And then I noticed she was lifting weights and I was like, oh, I did that like in high school. Like I, I should maybe hit the gym and, and lift the weights. Look at how great she looks. And then she was sharing her food and then some of the food I would try. And then I would share with, you know, the people in my community. And I'd be like, yo, look at this salad with figs and mozzarella or whatever. It was totally like her style. And I remember um, I, I looked up to her so much and then uh, one day she reached out to me and was like, um, you are pretty much copying everything that I'm doing and like, I don't like it or something like that. It, it like really, really hurt my feelings. It was not nice at all. Um, and I was like, wow, that really sucks. Like partially it's true, but I was inspired and it was my own story. Like I wasn't telling her story. I was inspired by her story and telling it in my own way, like, this is all, like, I'm, hey, I'm lifting weights too now, like, because of you, and, um, you know, like, I didn't always give credit, because I don't know how old I was at that point, I was, like, a, you know, a dodo in college, and I don't think you, it was different, it was a Tumblr blog, so we weren't, like, adding people, you know, like, you do on Instagram, like, oh, check this out at, you know, whoever inspired this recipe by XYZ, like, it just, it was, it was a different world, digitally, so you just didn't, you just wrote a blog post, so, um, you know, sometimes I would like try to certain brands and like share about it. And instead of like this person coming at me then saying like, I'm so flattered, you know, that you're doing this good for you. The way that it was written was just like, pretty much like, can you not just like talk about the things that I'm talking about? And that's, I mean, now that I know like that obviously came from like a wounded place and sure, like it is frustrating when you feel like someone might be copying you. Um, but that comes from a wounded place because nobody can copy you. It's your life. Um, you know, even when you think about like, gosh, like the other example I was giving someone the other day was like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, right? It's cola. It's a certain, it's brown pop, right? Um, in a blind taste test, I, I maybe hardly be able to tell the difference. But it didn't stop Pepsi from 
being Pepsi and Coca-Cola from being Coca-Cola. I mean, again, very similar and product, different flavor, different marketing, different story. And that's the big thing. The big thing is the story and how it's told. And that's with everything. That's with absolutely everything. The execution, the story, who's behind it, right? Every one of us has our own brand. Um, Every health blogger, food blogger. I mean, you follow certain people and you like their food blog or their whatever blog over the next person because their story resonates. Their brand resonates. What they stand for is what you stand for. So, you know, going back to the whole copying thing, whatever, it's like if you feel called to create something, even if you've been inspired by someone else, you shouldn't let that be a roadblock. You shouldn't say, oh, well, this exists, so I'm definitely not going for it. Because so many times in my life have I said things to someone and been met with, yeah, but doesn't that already isn't that already like a thing? Um, especially with the cookbooks, I remember saying like, man, I, I kind of want to put together like a cookbooks, call it Hippie Eats. It's going to be like kind of plant-based, vegan, soy-free, like the way I live my life. And I remember telling someone that and they're like, yeah, but like, aren't there like a million cookbooks out there just like it? And to that, I just looked and said, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cookbooks out there. Actually, you know what? Snoop Dogg just wrote one and I'm sure it's going to sell. Actually, let me back up. I know for a fact it's going to sell a million more copies than mine. And, uh, the, you know, the next gluten-free vegan cookbook, probably going to sell more than mine. But your community wants from you. They want the, the end product from you. If they wanted a cookbook from Snoop Dogg, they would go to Snoop Dogg. There wouldn't be that demand already. People were asking me for recipes for many, many years. And to that point, I did become like a more original creator from, you know, that incident with the other blogger who was like, yo, it's like too similar now. And that did teach me some lessons. It taught me, you know what, I don't need to look within or I need to look within. I don't need to look outwards anymore for like who to be like, who I need to be like is myself. And I started sharing more gluten-free and dairy-free things because I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I started the journey because all those years ago, I was diagnosed with IBS. I was freshly diagnosed um, my freshman year of high school, or high school, sorry. My freshman year of college, I was gravely ill. I was so sick that my boyfriend was like, Brittany, if you don't go to the doctor and find out what's wrong with you, I don't know if I can be with someone who just lets their health, like, go to the toilet and doesn't care enough to take care of themselves. Like you, you are better than this. You need to know why you're so sick. I was missing class. I was throwing up all the time. I was in the bathroom way more than normal. And I finally went to a gastroenterologist and they were like, sounds like you've got IBS. Here's some medication. We'll flash forward to now. Um, that diagnosis should have been IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, not just irritable bowel syndrome. There's a stark, stark difference. One is autoimmune and one is like tummy troubles, essentially. I didn't have tummy troubles. I had a disease. I had a chronic illness. And what they gave me was this medication called Bentol, which is like a muscle relaxer. Um, 
localized to the colon did nothing but like make me feel spacey in my head and I couldn't study and I I stopped taking it. So then I, I had to do a food diary and that is why I started eating the way I did. So this other blogger that I was following, you know, she was still eating like cheeses and like things like that, like soft cheeses on salads, which is why I like, oh, I was like, ooh, that sounds good. I've never eaten that before. Um, you know, we grew up like in the country, very low, uh, underprivileged, I guess you could say lower income, uh, underprivileged. We just didn't have fancy food. Um, it was like bologna sandwiches on white bread. So I went from that to like, wow, a big sandwich with fresh mozzarella and this and this and this. Like I, my, my world was blown starting to follow her food stuff. Like it was, it was wow. Um, but then I had to, I was forced after she had sent that message, I was forced to kind of go off and try some vegan options back then. Like I had to just cut out dairy completely and I I had to find dairy-free choices and gluten-free choices that would help my quote tummy troubles back then feel better. And they did help me feel better. Um, not a hundred percent. It's been a lifelong journey. I feel like to kind of get to where I'm at to a place of, um, radical healing. Right. But I I just feel like this story is important to tell because there's been so many times in my life where I was met with, um, you know, pressure from the outside to change my story or change direction. Or I've often heard other people shut down other people and say, don't you think that already is out there? Doesn't that already exist though? Isn't someone else already kind of doing that? And I just think that's one of the most toxic false things anyone could tell someone who has something bubbling up inside them that says to do this so even with you know the journal example I was so freaking thrilled for this person I didn't come from a wounded place I was like wow you know what like I inspired someone to take action on one of their dreams that's dope as hell that is so cool that is way cooler than me being like the only one in the world with a a guided journal, like get over yourself. Okay. Like it's not about, it's not about that. Collaboration is such a stronger vibration. I mean, think about it. This person has their very own community and they're making, they're taking their own principles that were inspired by some of my principles within my books that is now going to trickle down and snowball and change people's lives. And it doesn't have to come from me. That's what I'm learning. It doesn't have to come from me. If it's inspired or whatever, that's awesome. That is still the work. That is still a job well done in my book. So like that whole ego boost of like taking credit or, you know, like I said, I I wish I could tell that girl who followed my blog and kind of copied and pasted like the template and just changed up the color and font a little. Like I wish I could just take back what I said. I wish I could have been like, yeah, there's room for you too. Because that's abundance. That is what my friend tells me that I have. She goes, that's big dick energy right there. It is big dick energy. (laughs) BDE is that confidence. That's like, you know what? Go ahead. You can try. You can copy and paste all you want. To be like someone else. I see this on Instagram all the time. There's a spiritual healer that I follow. And he wrote like kind of a frustrated post that other people are kind of stealing his methods. And he has a very unique method on healing trauma. And I love him. 
and I don't want to put him on blast, but I did notice kind of like a, a very faint wounding coming through. And it is frustrating. You don't want someone to go out there and impersonate you or your work because it can, it can feel like a mockery. It can feel like you know, I'm I'm sure, I, I don't know this exactly, but I'm sure it could feel like a mockery. I'm sure it could feel like, you know, um, you it could make you feel angry because they're like, wow, well, they're, they're trying to do it, but they're not doing it right. This is the right way. And people are getting misinformation and things like that. And like, to that, I say, like, obviously you have to speak up at some point. You can't just like, la-di-da, like, you know, um, like a McDonald's and Burger King, like just put it right across the street. Like it's no big deal. And like, yeah, a part of it isn't, is no big deal, right? There are people who love McDonald's French fries and people who love Burger King French fries. And there's like a whole, like, and they're always right across the street from each other. And they're, you know, like I said, on paper, burger and fries, burger and fries, burger joint, burger joint. But if you've been to either place, you know, McDonald's fries are way better. (laughs) Uh, But in that same breath, I always, I mean, I don't eat fast food. I haven't for literally like 15 years. Um, but when I did, I remembered I liked McDonald's better. Everything about McDonald's was better other than I think the, I think I like the burger from Burger King better. Anyways, the point is originality is hard because like I said, we are all just a combined effort of everyone we've ever known. And when we operate from an abundance mindset, we are able to open ourselves up to so much. And with that, we are able to collaborate more. Um, It just really sets us up for success when we can kind of like look past like, you know, if just if you were a McDonald's and someone else wants to be your Burger King across the street, I say, let it happen. Because now look, Burger King came after McDonald's and they're doing terrible. I mean, years later, they're probably rivals for a really long time, like neck and neck, but like the OG always comes through. Um, and that's okay. So I feel like having that confidence that your people want your product, right? Your community is going to stand behind you with what you want to do even if it looks like something someone else wanted to do. I had like a scarcity mindset thought like a month ago. I had been taking this course on becoming an ecstatic dance facilitator. I'd been inspired by, I didn't know what it was called, but I, if you follow me on Instagram, I've always kind of posted like silly videos of me like twerking in my kitchen or dancing or doing like ballet movements or whatever, like moving my body to music in a free form kind of way has always felt good to me. And when I started doing events, I made that a part of like my entrance was, all right, well, we're going to all dance and this is important to me and it's important to our healing and here's why. And I made it a part of my brand. And I, I was meditating one day. I was like, there's something else I want to offer the world. And I couldn't think of what. I'm like, what is it? What else do I want to do? I knew there was something. Like something was stirring inside of me. And finally, I was like, do I want to teach? I'm like, okay, I got to go back to my principle, which is heal the world through what heals you. That's been my thing. I go back to that every time. When I felt like there was something missing, I asked, what heals me? 
And I went back to my events and I was like, oh my gosh, I love the dance portion. Like I absolutely love getting out there, dancing, getting everybody up, moving our bodies. And then I realized that's called ecstatic dance and free form movement. It's a spiritual practice. So I started taking this course and I'm freaking geeked on it. And it feels very original. Like there's not a lot of ecstatic dance places. It's kind of like a newer practice. I think it started in the 50s, maybe the 70s. Can't fully remember. Guess I gotta go back to my course. Um, regardless, it's not a very old practice. It's very new. So it's, you don't see it often. Um, and a lot of people don't know what it is. It's still kind of like a woo-woo, like spiritual type of thing. And so I'm taking this class. I'm feeling like a million bucks. Like I've got like a genius idea, an original idea that no one else, you know, is really doing right now. Like maybe a handful of people. And then like two days later, I log on and one of my favorite people on Instagram, he's like a spiritual, I think he calls himself like spiritually sassy. I don't know how to say his name or I'd tell you. Um, I think he goes by Sa, Saad. I don't know. That's why I didn't want to botch it. Anyways, I love him, still do, and I love his work, but one day, it was like right after I started my facilitator training, I'm like, he posted that he was hosting like a virtual ecstatic dance class called the Saw Method, and I was like, great, and I remember texting my friend, I'm like, okay, why am I even going to do this? This person's doing this. I think they've got like half a million followers you know, it's the spiritual-minded community, which is, like, who would be up for doing something like this with me? I'm, like, they're all just going to go to his class. They're not going to come to my class, you know, and why would they? He's going to do it way better. He's going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. I had all these reasons. She's, like, I can't even, like, I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. This is not you. She says, can you just, like, you know, get it together because you are not being the Brittany I know. The Brittany I know would say, how many different flavors of vanilla? Because I tell this to all my friends. How many different flavors of vanilla are there? Exactly. Go be your flavor of vanilla. And I needed my own freaking advice. Yeah, I am a totally different flavor. And I actually have my very own method. I looked at his method and it's awesome. Highly recommend if that's the method you're going for. But I created my own method and I haven't like shared it yet. I'm hoping to kind of launch my virtual ecstatic dance classes and in-person classes in October. Um, and I've been working behind the scenes, like on my own method and, you know, crafting up like a class and things like that. Um, but I needed that reminder because I almost wanted to quit. I almost was like, okay, like, what am I doing? Someone else is doing this. Not just somebody else. Somebody who is like renowned in this space is doing this. And they're probably going to do it better than me. But my community doesn't want that person. My community wants me. And that's the lesson. The lesson is our own unique flavor. And so I hope that this inspires you that if you have an idea, maybe it's, you know, like a storefront or a product and you're like, yeah, but like this already exists. Someone's already making like Reiki infused lotions or someone's already doing this. 
But those aren't the people you're going to be selling to that already know about that, for one, right? Or that you're going to have your promote your offering to, or, um, you know, like extend that offering to. Chances are the people who are in your circle don't already have an awareness to the, the end product that you maybe feel like is too similar. And I do want to mention this too. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking back here. I can tell I've been talking too much because my throat wants to like shut down. That's also my cue to like wrap it up. But I wanted to share this because as an author, I really struggled telling people my story ideas. I was afraid someone was going to take my story idea and go write a way better novel than me. And this is something that like my writing mentor, I was like afraid to send anybody like my manuscript. I was afraid to tell anybody what I was writing about because I just didn't want anybody to knock off my idea and write a better book than me or whatever. And she was like, you know, yeah, people can steal ideas, but the story is already written in your head. You know, like you are the only one who can tell that story in that way. And it's never going to be done as well as you. No one is ever going to be able to tell the story the way that you can. And I think that is such genius advice because it does remove that layer of fear. And you start to realize like, I can still be original even if somebody takes my idea. Because no one is going to do you the way you do you. There's never going to be an imposter that is as good as you are at being you. Like no one's going, they're going to eventually slip up, not do something the way that you would do it or whatever. I mean, you see it with like brands and stuff all the time who like want to have a protein brand that's exactly like another protein brand, except they are, you know, missing this one very key component Maybe it's sustainability compared to this other brand. So you're like, okay, we tried to be like me, but you failed miserably because here's actually the backbone to being me. It's this piece that you're missing. That's the thing. Like, don't be afraid to tell people your creative ideas. No one, and like, this is huge for me because I feel like by me telling other creatives or other creators or friends or family my ideas before I actually do them, like I'm, I'm writing a fiction novel right now And I actively like to talk about what I'm writing about. I like to share what type of story it is. And I like to share a little bit about my characters and, you know, like the vibe. And at no point in time am I like, someone's going to take this vibe and crank out a novel. Because one, it's really hard to write a novel and a lot of people don't know how to do it. Um, You know, like from start to finish and all that it entails And I know that, like, to that regard, I'd be like, you know what? Good luck. If you can write this faster than me, like, by all means, like, have at it. But, like, I know that's not the reality. The reality is there's a lot of parts and a lot of steps for each of our dreams to come true. And whether that's a physical product, right? Maybe you want to make shampoos. You're going to have to figure out all of the hoops to jump through to get that shampoo on the shelf, It's a lot of freaking work. And someone who isn't you with your passion isn't going to want to do it. They're not going to want to put up with that. They're not going to want to be on the phone with manufacturers. They don't have that 
inner fire for the thing that you do. So remember that. And I hope that this was an encouraging message, an uplifting message to, you know, to honor that inner collaborator versus competitor. We're all, there's enough for us all. That's the abundance mindset. There's enough for us to all win. And I think that's just, I think that's what I needed to hear. I think that's what everybody needed to hear. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I think... That's the message is trust that there's enough for us all and originality is, it's tricky to define, but because like I said, we are all a combination of everything else, but nobody can do you as well as you can do you. So if you have something in your heart, there's something you want to create, but there are voices in your head or literal people telling you why not. I want you to say why not in the other way. Yeah, 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 they have this, but still why not? My, my way is going to be totally different. So remember your flavor of vanilla and don't forget how amazing you are. All right, that is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you on the other side. Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Basinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time. <laughs>